Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening. We worship the God who was. Uh-huh. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the big... We want to welcome everybody to the Mid of Encouragement podcast. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Shout out of your praise. There's joy. So much joy. We won't be quiet. So much joy. She gives joy. We sing to the God who says, we sing to the God who always makes a way. Hung up on the cross, rose up from that grave. He still rolled the stones away. So much joy. We won't be quiet. You give joy, you're in this place, we won't be quiet, we won't be quiet, we'll shout it out, we'll shout it out, what's up everybody, it's brother Q. And Brother Dixon, the Men of Encouragement podcast. I was so glad to be back. Um, We hope that you are doing well. If this is your first time to the podcast, we want to welcome you. Um, The Men of Encouragement podcast is a space for everybody to be encouraged and hopefully, um, you know, uplifted in in a way to uh, whatever that you're going through, that this little bit of time whether or not you're watching this in replay or if you're watching this live, that you will feel the joy of the Lord and feel inspired and, and prayerfully we pray that you feel encouraged. Brother Dixon, how are you doing this evening? Oh, fantastic. I'm happy to be here again. And I think I share your sentiments on everyone is going through or been through or starting through. And so we, we like to just be able to be an encouragement uh, to you, no matter where you are, uh, because we all need need encouragement, help, support, uplifting, and it takes other people to do that. Because oftentimes, you know, we have a lot of boo birds. I call them people, negative people, naysayers, and so we want to be a cheerleader for you. Yeah, you know, you know, mid of encouragement is, um, you know, is a a space that was like, you know what? I think we. We're like this on a regular basis. I think most of the time I talk to you, it's always like we, we we're verbally dapping each other up in all these different ways. <laughs> and I think if uh, anybody got to be, you know, in the company, you know, of, of my uh, my faithful brother uh, brother Dixon, um, you would definitely see and hear 
he's always encouraging. Definitely has a good word. Um, so again, Minute of Encouragement, um, Minute of Encouragement podcast is um, is just basically like again, um, men who are out to just inspire. Originally, we just out to try to inspire you, men, you fathers, you husbands, um, boyfriends, sons, uh, grandsons, nephews, whomever, right? And so, in theory, we are hopefully can encourage you, inspire you, and you pass on this encouragement and love to your families, right? And in the places where you are leading as well. So uh, that was, you know, some of what we uh, hope to accomplish in the space. And then, um, Brother Dixon, are you, I mean, what's going on with you? Are you watching any of these sports these days? Is there anything that you are um, doing outside of the podcast? I don't know if you watched a good movie. I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to watch this movie with um, with Jamie Foxx. It was recommended. It's called The, the Burial. And I think it's about the... Yeah, yeah, I watched it a little bit. You know, I didn't finish watching it. You know, I fell asleep on it. But, uh, you know, I, I have the fire stick. And so I have access to an awful lot of movies. And and uh, and so you asked me what I'm doing. I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm retired. So I, I pretty much get a chance to just do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, if I want to do it, how much I want to do it, or not do anything at all. You know, and so there's a lot of lot of things going on that, you know, that, that God brings before me. It's a perfect opportunity to be led by the spirit to see what 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 plans God has for me each day you know you know I can make plans but you know God has a plan and so I kind of try to stay in tune with what his plan do what pleases him versus more than what pleases me and so it's a battle every day spiritual warfare for for my pleasure versus God's pleasure yeah man and it's uh so that so you mean when you get retired it don't stop nah no, there's, there's no ceasefire. Hey, the devil is 24-7. He, he, he don't see, there's no ceasefire. There's no ceasefire with the devil. Come on. <laughs> I you tell me when you got retired, man, you, you don't have to work anymore, that it get easy with no, the devil. No, 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 no. The devil said, I got more time to attack you right now. So he said, I want to see how your game really is right now. You know, <laughs> he said, he said, you know, while you're working, you know, you kind of focus on your job and you got all that to go to every day, 24-7. But he said, now that you're not working, now that you're loose, let me see what I can do to influence you. And so now that's when your game with God got to really get stepped up. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, you know, I was... You know, I was really hoping you, you know, would tell me that uh, it gets easier so I can look forward to that, to that day. <laughs> so oh, you know, you're just switching, you're just switching gears. You, you just changed from working for Pharaoh, you know, to working for the Lord. You know, that's all. You're just switching your allegiance, you know. Now, the sooner you can learn to work for the Lord while you're working for Pharaoh, then you're going to be real easy for you when you stop working for Pharaoh because you was working for the Lord already. And now you're just working for the Lord full time without Pharaoh. See, that's my friend, y'all. That's my friend. He just dropped a word on y'all. That's my guy. <laughs> he told you what to do. He's like, do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it now. Don't and it should be like this. It should be coming out of you. I'm just telling you. Bit of encouragement podcast. Y'all better get some of this. Um, yeah, so today's show, um, today's show, we're going to get into something. As you know, um, you inspire me. And we were having a conversation. And it was so real that I was like, man, that's going to be our next podcast. We're going to talk about commitment issues. Now, I, I just want to preface this by saying, you know, we love you, brothers. And what you will never see us do is have a conversation to condemn you. We want to we want to bring you in. We want to love on you. Um, we're going to get vulnerable. We'll share things, you know, um, with you to, to to encourage you. And so but we got to talk about the tough stuff. 
so that you know that we're keeping it real, right? We don't, we're not here programmed. We're not being paid. We're not here to ask you for anything. Um, but all honesty, we got to talk about some things. And so this conversation that I just want to preface it, it's all in love and it's all to challenge us in our hearts and kind of see what we are in our hearts as well. Uh, but today's um, com- topic today and conversation is on commitment issues and it is broad. It is broad. So Brother Dixon, um, you know what I like to do? I like to start off this show <laughs> and reintroduce my brother the way that he likes to be introduced. And if you ever get a chance to to be in one of his classes, he has classes that are virtual, uh, in person and things of that nature. Uh, he's always going to, with a smile, he's going to ask you, <laughs> what does the word say before we even start? So, um, Brother Dixon, what does the word say about commitment? Well, I, I want to start off by um, piggybacking off of something you said about not condemning and and chastising and 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 putting men down or anything like that. And um, you know, we like to use the Jesus model. And so, let me tell everybody what the Jesus model is. When Jesus walked the earth, and even before he walked the earth, and even after he walked the earth, because you, you got to keep in mind, he always has been, always will be, because you know he's God. So, but his model when he wanted to show us how we were supposed to do it was that he loved everyone first and then he told them the truth. (laughs) Okay. And so there's scripture that says, speak the truth in love. So, so we want to love on you first, but then tell you some truth. And the only truth we know is God's word. Because God's word is truth. Now, a lot of people want to question God's word. They want to misinterpret God's word. They want to deal with all kinds of stuff with God's word. But his word definitely is the truth. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you interpret the truth. So now, dealing with our topic tonight on commitment. You know, I have two verses that I I went to. There's several verses. I have a favorite verse also. And then I have one that's really a major verse that I really didn't say about. In fact, I, I think I may bring it up. It's, it's in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, And it says that you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, that's, a, that's the number one commitment in life. <laughs> Period. Before you start trying to commit to anything else, you know, it, it, whether you believe God or not. God is still going to be God with or without you, with you believing in him and not believing in him. God is still going to be who God is, because one of the things that we all don't question is that you are going to leave this earth. Everyone will perish. Everyone got to go. I don't think there's anyone who doubts that you will not live forever, not in the physical form on this earth. And so God says is that you need to commit to him first. Okay, and now we have a couple of scriptures that um, we also added to that. And uh, one of them was Proverbs 16 and three. And it says, commit your work. So while you at work, whatever you're doing, whatever work you're doing, it's saying you ain't working for you. You're really working for him because he says, commit all your work to him. Amen. 
commit what you're doing to him. And then he says, then your plans will be established. In other words, things will happen for you if you commit your work to him. So, so, so that's a condition. That's a promise. And so now you got to deal with, okay, do God break his promises? Do God lie? Well, scripture says, yeah, he's not a man that he should lie. You know, we, we always want to compare God with man. You know, we want to say that he's like us, you know, he's not like us. You know, we, we have not always been and we're going to be leaving. He's not. He's eternal. We're not eternal. We're we, we're terminal. <laughs> you know, we're going to be leaving. And, you know, I always tell people we're in hospice. You know, people think that you have to be in, uh, you're getting ready to go out to be in. No, we all are getting ready to go out. OK, the second scripture is found in Psalms 37 and 5. Once again, it says commit. Here we talk about commitment. It said, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him also. And he shall bring what you're trusting in him to pass. So now in both of those scriptures, God is telling you to trust in him for him to do. I repeat, he says to trust in him for him to do. So if you're not trusting in him and you're trusting in you and you're trusting in something else for it to get done, then you're on your own for what happens. But he's saying, here's my promise. <laughs> if you trust in me, I will do. So now, I love to, you know, read the scripture to God and say, now, God, you said <laughs> that if I commit my work to you, that my plans will be established. God, you said that if I commit my way to you and I've trusted you, that you will bring what I'm trusting you in the past. So it's about our part and his part. He, our part is to trust in him. And then he says his part will be to establish you. See, there's a scripture that says we're supposed, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we want to see it first to believe it. God doesn't operate that way. God says you have to believe me first. <laughs> then you'll see it. But no. You know, I worked 41 years in, with kids, and they say, no, nah, I want to see for myself. Everybody <laughs> want to see for themselves. I want to see for myself. They don't want to believe you. They want to see for themselves. They don't want to take your word for it. They don't want to deal with taking someone who loves I always tell them, you, you should trust people who you know loves you. If you know someone loves you, you should, you should trust them. Now, if you question whether they love you or not, maybe you might not want to trust them. But someone who loves you, when you're young, you should trust them because they're not going to try to steer in your own direction. They have the experience of going before you and they have experienced all these things that you're getting ready to go through. But no, I want to see for myself. Amen. I want to see for myself. So we have to trust committing, starting with God first, before we can learn how to commit to anything and everything else. And I dare to say that men are the guiltiest of not being committed. Well, let me ask you something about that right there. Mm -hmm. Does does it not that guilt 
does it not affect your commitment? Well, it started right in the garden. I mean, you know, when Adam sinned, he took off and went and hide. Yeah. He hid. Which well, you can't hide from God, but he, he he thought he could go hide, you know, because he felt guilty, he felt ashamed, he felt condemnation. And many times we have a difficult time with committing because we have guilt, which you just brought up. But I'm gonna put in the shame that goes along with it, and then we feel condemned. So we don't want to show our face, you know, because commitment means you gotta show your face all the time. Commitment means you're there all the time. Good, bad, or ugly, you gotta show up. You know, I did 41 years in, in education as a teacher. You cannot not show up for the class. <laughs> yeah. It's expected for you to show up every day. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, the imperfections, right? Because God knows that we are going to sin. We don't have a past to just, just sin and right. do things that are not of God. Right. It's, but he knows we're going to, and you're going to. Well, that's why he established the, the sacrificial system for the Jews, the Israelites, the Hebrews, because he knew they, they was going to sin. They was going to break the law. So he had to set up a sacrificial system so that they could go ahead on and make a sacrifice to cover their sins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I and I think about I think about like the fact that some of us that grew up in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. And we got baptized. We learned some scripture and then um, we get a. We get away like the commitment starts to slip you know we start to slip on on this relationship and um and it feels like sometimes we are distancing ourselves because we we put and this is something that we do to ourselves and and, and brother dixon will tell you where that comes from but what we do is we have this issue with ourselves not feeling uh you're not feeling righteous never good enough you know i know people that go into the church um, and even I, I know someone personally has gone into the Catholic church where they'll go and do the communion. They don't want, they won't do the communion. They don't, they only go on Easter, right? They don't feel like they can even just go and partake, um, you know, in this, you know, in their worshiping and the fellowshipping um, because of these imperfections and these things that they have done. And so in turn, it starts to, you know, separate them in such a way to where, um, the way that you're thinking, your logic, right? Um, the commit, like the things that you knew when you were a child, the things that, you know, the way that your, your, whether it was your mother, your father, or your parents, you know, were, were, you know, trying to teach you, you know, about God, it starts to slip because of the, the things that we've done that are not of God, the things that we might be ashamed of. Um, and I'm talking like, like there are some very, unrighteous acts that we all have done even thought and those things are keeping us um not you know not right with god and it's you know i i just want to say like in this on this podcast is that um you know god loves us you know and those those things that we've done um he, he's designed a system he's designed a way let me say that design a way for us to be, you know, to be free from that. But I want to encourage also too to not allow those imperfections, not allow the things that you've done wrong, the guilt and the regret be the things that are keeping you from, you know, from being more devoted, to being more dedicated. You know, I talk to so many men sometimes like, yeah, you know, you know, I know who God is and they know who God is, but you ain't talked to God, right? Like you haven't been seeing God. Like this again, 
is a relationship, but you haven't been serving, you know, serving God. And so I want to talk about how those imperfections, how those, you know, that voice that's in our head and, and the things that we've done oftentimes is causing us to slip and draw away from, you know, this, this love that we had, we were fought, you were on fire at one point, right. Or you want that relationship, but you don't feel, you know, you don't feel good enough. Well, you bring up some very good things. One of the things that our pastor is covering right now are the seven churches and the revelations. And uh, the first church he brought up about uh, that Jesus had against the first church that they had left their first love. That they had left their first love. You know, in other words, you know, they start out on fire for the Lord. And then all of a sudden they got caught up with what you have talked about, distractions, getting caught up in a whole lot of things in the world. And then they start drifting away from their first love. Okay. So let me tell you what the greatest problem that we have is for, for Christians. Number one, here's the biggest problem for Christians. Christians are believers. But the biggest problem with believers is not believing. It's unbelief. <laughs> unbelief. The biggest problem for believers is not believing. I think uh, it's in Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23 says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Okay, because so, so, so not believing. So now let me tell you one of the greatest things that we don't believe. Because the devil is an accuser of the brethren. What the devil does is go in front of God and tell us, tell God about our imperfections. Look at them. Look what they're doing. They did this last night. They did that. They're not treating their wife right. They're not treating the kids right. They're messing up at work. They don't. He, he just goes in front of God and just totally accuses us of everything. But we don't believe that Jesus Christ is our defense attorney. And that he goes in front of the father and says, I've handled it. I've taken care of every single thing that they have done, everything that they're doing, and everything that they will do. We don't believe that because we want to go ahead on and think about outside in. Jesus is saying that I have put salvation and perfection in them. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says that Jesus is one spirit with us. So that means that we have two other parts. We have soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotion, our thinking, our feeling, and our choosing. And then we have our body, our physical body, which we know is going to perish. That This ain't the body that we're going to heaven with. So this body is going to go back into the earth, back to ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Amen. And so we have spirit, soul, and body. So now we're perfect in our spirit. We're heaven ready in our spirit. Our spirit, when it leaves our body, it's going to be with Jesus. It says we're in Christ. We're in Christ while we are alive, and we're in Christ when we die. We don't go anywhere. It says, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's why, because we're already in him, and he is in us. And so now we don't believe that in us already is righteousness, not based upon our behavior. We're not right because of our behavior. We're right because Jesus is right and we receive the right person. And so now we have to work out our salvation. We're not supposed to try to work it in from the outside. And too many times we don't believe we have it already. And so we work to get it. 
And I tell people two prayers that God won't answer. God will not answer a prayer when you ask him to do something that he's already done. Mm. That's like your kids or somebody coming to you and asking you to do something and you've already done it. You'll be a little insulted about asking me to do something that you already done. Can you give an example of that? Because, you know, when we pray and I know we pray, um, Lord, give me the strength to uh, uh, to deal with this you know, situation. Right. OK. OK. Well, well. First of all, I, mean, I can give several scriptures on that, I know. but I mean, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So in other words, you already have strength, you know, so it's not like you need to get strength. You already have strength in you because you already have the power. You, in, fa in fact, in fact, I can give you a scripture. You know, R Romans 8 says that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus even said, hey, you're going to have the same power that I had. So you're going to be able to do even greater things than what I did. So we had the power, but we don't believe it. We don't believe it. We believe we have to get strength versus that we already have strength. I'll give you another example. Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. <laughs> See, we want to be strong in us and in our own power. That scripture says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Just like the two scriptures that we just read, it said, commit your way to the Lord and he will do. We want to always be the ones to do it because we don't believe that it's already done. <laughs> and then the second prayer that God won't answer and when, is when you ask him to do something that he told you to do. <laughs> So since you like the examples. Yeah, let's get an example. Okay, you know, let, me, let me give you an example. God tells you to resist the devil and he will flee. So you can't be calling up God and asking him, can you get the devil off of me? <laughs> he said, no. I told you to resist the devil and he will flee. And right before that scripture, God says, submit to me and do what I tell you to do. Then you will be able to resist the devil and he will flee. Then you will be able to resist the devil and he will flee. I got something I want to say. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is get get your power back, right? So if what you inherit, no, right? so, you already have it. Oh, I understand. But if you but if you have thoughts, you didn't have it. You know what I mean? If you've been operating like you didn't have it, then you need to renew your mind. And, and realize, that's where the issue is. Well, Romans 12. Two, we have to renew our mind because, see, our spirit is already perfect. Our mind, our, our will and our emotion is not. So we have to continuously renew our mind to believe the finished works of Jesus. We have to believe that Jesus has done everything on the cross. Jesus said it. He said it's finished. Don't be trying to come ask me. to. That's, that's like Adam telling God after he made everything, God, you forgot something. <laughs> you know, you forgot something. You didn't make everything that needed to be made. In fact, he didn't make Adam until after everything was made. You know, one thing I want to add. So God made everything, right? Yep. Sufficient. But the part sometimes in between the whatever this whatever this thing that you are doing or healing is the faith. <laughs> like you have to have faith in order for um, the manifestation of this prayer go. to come. There right? you go. You faith have to believe. In Christ is faith. And 
you know, I just like, I'm going to say this. One of the things I'm, I get personal, I share personal things because um, it just allows for me because I'm always looking to, to learn and to grow from all things. And so in this conversation, you know, um, recently the father's been showing me that you ain't been meditating on my word in the way that I need you to meditate on my word because, you know, this unbelief piece is real. And so one of the things is knowing this, you know, reading, reading the scripture in Mark 9, um, and knowing the story, but just the way that I hear the father, um, this this father of the son who was being healed, speaking to Jesus, it's just like despair. Like he's like desperate. He's honestly, earnestly saying, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So this is not somebody who is like empty without faith because he traveled far to get there to get his son healed. And he's talking to, you know, Jesus, but he's like, help me. And that's how, and to me, like this petition to God is like, help me with my unbelief. And, and, and knowing that these are words, these are things that are obstructions, you know what I mean? To your walk, to your faith, to your way, renewing your mind cannot be renewed with unbelief. Right. There you go. So, there you go. And so being able, being able to, to speak to God, no one who, and also to reflect on who God is. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, how, so, so our commitment issues going back to with this whole conversation today, you know, and, and there's so much more. We're having a commitment issue because I, I need to spend some time to, to, to think about who you are, mm -hmm. how, how big and how magnificent and how like um, just omnipresent, just so many different ways, so many different characters and attributes that you are because I'm operating, you know, in a space where I think of you as my Google assistant. You know what I mean? Like you're my AI assistant. You know what I mean? Like you're filling the blanks for me, right? This is a big, big God, right? And so if we understood that this was a big, big guy who created everything, then it's like, well, would you not believe? There you, know? you go. Would you there not want to love like God back? Would you not want to devote yourself, your life? And and then and then realizing that in loving God, in loving God and loving him. And let's go back to the scripture. I love you, God. <laughs> so I'm committing this job to you. Yes. I'm I love you guys. So I'm committing my my love to my wife to you. There you go. There um you go. I, I love you guys. So I'm committing my, my son and my daughter, the, the ones I'm troubled with. I'm committing them to you. And then the scripture says, He will. He will do what he only he can do, right? He does it by there us committing. It, it, it's supernatural. Everything. See, see, it's supernatural because see, the ten lepers when they asked Jesus to heal them, Jesus said, "Okay, go." And then the Bible says, as they were going, in other words, after they did what he told them to do, they were healed. Amen. <laughs> they, they say they were healed. The other nine just kept on going since they was healed. There was only one that came back and said, whoa, I mean, this is very serious. I got healed. So he came back and he worked with Jesus. Okay. But let me tell you about that love because it's very important to understand this. And this is the reason why people have a difficult time with committing to God. The reason why we can't love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, which is the first commandment, is because we can't do it. That's the reason why Jesus had to come and do it, because we couldn't do it. So Jesus had to come and do it. So what Jesus did is he reversed the order. 
Jesus said, instead of you loving me, I'm going to love you. So now the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. The order got changed. He, we love him because he first loved us. That's in 1 John 4 and 17. It tells you that we love him. We can only love him when we believe how much he loves us. And our problem is that we don't believe that he loves us. Why we don't believe he loves us? Because of what you're going through. Because of your situation. Because of your circumstances. Because you people dying. And because of all the evil you see in the world. You, all the situations and circumstances the devil is putting before you to get you to question and doubt God's love for you. You cannot love God when you don't believe he really loves you. The biggest issue that we have is we don't believe God loves us and how much he really loves us. He loved us so much that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God was thinking about the long game, the end game. God was thinking about eternity. God was saying, hey, you know what? Y'all don't realize this is a, a short period of time that you're getting ready to be here. And there's only a work that you're getting ready to do that only me and the Holy Spirit is going to walk you through it. But you're going to be go through the distractions that the devil going to have you go through to get you off your task and get you off the work that I have planned for you to do. And the one, number one plan that the devil wants you to do is not believe in God, not to trust God, deal with your situation, your circumstances, because everybody going to have troubles. Everybody going to have issues. But Jesus said to trouble your troubles. Jesus said that. In me, you'll have peace while you're going through your troubles. In the world, you're going to have trouble. Amen. You know, but you 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 need to deal with the peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus said, "You will work. You will walk in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on me." He says, "Be anxious or don't worry about anything, but pray about everything." And then the love of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind. So people want to think you ain't supposed to have no trouble. You ain't supposed to have no issue. No, the Bible says those who live godly will suffer persecution. So you're going to be pruned. You're going to have to go through growth. You cannot have any testimonies without a test. How are you going to tell somebody about something and you ain't been through nothing? You know, so I'm saying if you ain't going through nothing, if you ain't been through nothing, then you might not be saved because everybody that lives godly is going to be suffering persecution. Yeah, you heard that. You know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, your good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, we men, right? So when you got that good thing, you don't want to mess that good thing up. You know, you you show up early, you show up on time, you show up with a gift. You know what I mean? Like you prepare for that good thing, you know? And I, I feel as though our relationship with um with God needs to be our good the the best thing in our life and i feel as though how my, my mom would say how you do one thing is how you do everything so like these relationships that we have like with i said like our families our, our spouses our significant other our children i believe that in loving god wholeheartedly that in that committed relationship with god it will build trust in your wife in you your children in you because of what it takes he just told you you're going to go through things and how you're going about it 
in the way that you go about it in faith, whether you go about it following God's word, because the word says, right? And because you are, you've seen God do these things and you and you have spoken to God. And some of us have, you know, have the encounter, you know, with Christ as well. And so loving God in the same way that if we're if we're not committed to God, how can we even know what commit like real true commitment is, right? For marriage and for anything else. And so, and, and it's one of the things that, you know, I was looking at too, is like, you know, is our commitment, are we entangled with our commitment to ourself? What you want, the way that you want to do it, right? And, or like, can I still get it? Because God will let you do things still. He'll, he'll let people- oh, man. He will not interfere. Do a lot of things. Like you still make money, get bread and doing it, doing it your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this part of like it being, you know, the, the good- the righteousness of it, the things that the things that when you're doing a good thing and the reward of it and the abundance of doing the things of God, but also this fulfillment in your heart. There's people that make a lot of money, you know, have done a lot of things and they're so empty and unfulfilled. And so loving, loving God and being a lover of Christ um, in your families, what that does to roll to, to then loving God in that way gives you the power, gives you the, the capability Right. Of loving unconditionally in your home and being leaders in your home, leaders in your, you know, your community. And I feel the commitment issue is the one that, you know, we're tied. We're tied to ourselves a bit too much. We're tied to, you know, our regret. Right. A bit too long. You know what I mean? Like, I understand, you know, I understand personally going through a thing and having, you know, regret. And, and I don't think that it's, you know, that, you know, we would be honest with you that you're not going to have these feelings. You're not going to, you know, fall short, you know, or spend some time in depression, spend some time wandering. But, you know, we got to get back, you know, to that first love. We got to get back to that alignment because in the things of God, when we are devoted and committed to God, you're thinking differently, you're talking differently, you're, you're just, you're hearing differently too, right? And the things of, you know, the things of this world that are, that are happening, um, all over the place. And there's so many different ways. There's so many vicious, you know, crimes and, and just, you know, criminal things that are happening to people that, you know, we can lose, we can lose our way, but this, having this faithful, dedicated, you know, you know, be in love, you know, with God, um, committed so that it, it, it allows for you to be all that, who you were called to be. And especially, you know, for me, I think about families, right. I think about, you know, being a father and being a husband and if you want to be the best husband and the best father you can be, um, you turn up this commitment, committed relationship with Jesus. And he will he will open you up to ways that you reveal things about yourself that you just you ain't there yet. Right. That you can come to him and he reveal those things that can be corrected or be released from you as well. Well, you know, you, you said something that's that's uh, profound. I don't know if you know what you said. And primarily. You're only committed to one or two things. Either you're committed to God or you're committed to yourself. You're either committed to God or you're committed to self. So I would say that all the commitment issues that men have is because they're committed to themselves. Because when they're committed to themselves, they're not committed to their wife. They're not committed to their kids. They're not committed to their job. They're not committed to anything else. And even when they're doing those things, that means that there's something in it for them because they're still committed to themselves. So whenever you see a commitment in all those other areas, it's really a commitment still to themselves because they're getting something out of it. Okay. And so one of the things about words, and I always bring this up, is that they have synonyms. 
Okay. Synonyms are other words, you know, that mean the same thing. And you just and you brought up a word that I want to bring to your attention that is biblical, that goes along with commitment, and is one of the fruit of the spirit, which lets me know that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this, and that is faithfulness. Okay, faithfulness. Because you get a whole lot of unfaithfulness. Men, a lot of men are not faithful. They're not faithful to their family, not faithful to their wives, not faithful to their jobs, and not faithful to a whole lot of different things. And that's because they're operating on their own power, their own selfish power. And the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness is saying that you cannot be faithful without the power of the Holy Spirit empowering you to be faithful. And, and men have a lot of pride in wanting to be the ones to be able to do it. That's why they have a lot of pride by not receiving the help from a woman when God made a woman to help us. And so now the lie is, I don't need your help. You know, I can do it on my own. And so when I, I get found out to myself that I can't do it on my own, then I go and hide because I don't want anyone to know that I really couldn't do it on my own and I needed some help. And so now I have too much pride for asking for help. I, and I definitely can't go to my woman or any other woman and ask them for help because now it makes it look like I'm weak. It makes me no. That's the devil. That's a trick of the devil once again. See, the devil wants to condemn you. He wants you to go hide. He wants you to cover yourself up with some with some bushes and some leaves and stuff like that. And God wants to embrace you. He wants to go ahead on and put good covering on you and cover you up and love you and, and clean you up and then put you back out there again and walk with you. He wants to be with you. He already know. I mean, you might as well go to the person who already know everything. Why not go to somebody who already know everything? He even know when you're getting ready to die. <laughs> and he going to know if you're going to make a, a decision to be with him or not be with him. You know, I've been married 41 years. And the scripture says to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And everyone loves to say that scripture, but they don't even really know what that really means. And so let me tell you from experience for 41 years, every single day you have to get up and say, God, help me again today to love my wife. You know, it ain't like it's a one and done. I mean, it, it, the ball game ain't over ever over with until until the ball game is over with that by death do us part. You, you got to get up every day and do it all over again. You and you and them extra innings right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you and them extra innings. <laughs> you know, I want to say I want to say something too about the you know um, the transgression, right? This challenge. You know, you talked about the power, right, of the Holy Spirit. Power. Mm -hmm, power. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Second Timothy, right? He gave yep. us the power of 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 self discipline, right? So it's going to to be committed, right? And to help you out along the way, right. because it's going to be challenged, is self-discipline. So, um, you know, claiming claiming your power, claiming the self-discipline and the power of the Holy Spirit will afford us the ability to be able, um, you know, to to be faithful and to have, um, you know, to be even more to be more committed. Right. I want to go. I want to go with a better word that that you have brought up tonight. Yeah. Relationship. Oh yeah. Not claiming. No relationship. Yeah. Your relationship. Because your relationship will cause you to believe and yeah. then he will do I like that. because we're still in the state of we want to do it. We want to be empowered. See, see, here's the thing. When you had a serious relationship, when you have been empowered to do something, then you are for sure don't take the credit. You know, it wasn't you. You know, ain't no way in the world. See, I don't take the credit for loving my wife for 41 years. I give all the glory and all the honor to him because I know good and well without him, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> that's a man that's a man talk right there to me tell you that <laughs> um yeah you know commitment i want to say um how you know 
where your heart is at, where that self-discipline, where your faith is at. Um, you know, I think about commitment issues and how they roll over into other things and thinking about our health, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like taking care of our body, uh, our finances, you know, um, it will show up there as well. And then also it shows up into in your relationships, you know, you know, are you a person that people can rely on, you know, you and it's hard to be a disciple. Are you, it's hard to be a disciple, hard to be in the, the authority that God has given you if you're not somebody who is trustworthy, right? So let, let me give you some more words for um, discipline. Yeah. I mean, for, um, for, for commitment. Go ahead. Dedication. Oh my goodness. The dedication is a very serious. Are you dedicated? Amen. To what? What are you dedicated for? Devotion. Are you, you know, do you have a devotion? Uh, allegiance. You know, we talk about we pledge allegiance to the flag. But shoot, do we pledge allegiance to God? Do we pledge allegiance to our wife? Do we pledge allegiance to our work? Do we pledge, I mean, so, so allegiance. Loyalty. Oh, my goodness. Do people know you to be loyal? See, this is commitment. This is all per, these are all uh, 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 synonyms. We talked about faithfulness already. In fact, God did not trust us to be faithful. There's scripture that says that God did not trust us to be faithful, so God had to be faithful to himself. <laughs> he, he said, I can't trust your faithfulness, so I'm going to have to be faithful to me because y'all ain't going to be faithful. You know, he told the children of Israel that, y'all, I can't, I can't trust you to be faithful to me because you ain't going to be faithful. So that's the reason why he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to be faithful, to help us to be tr loyal, trustworthy, have self-control. Because on our own power, we can't do it. Okay. Then uh, fidelity. I don't know how many people know what fidelity is. You know, and and, and really in marriage, people know about their you know fi you know fidelity. You know, versus you know unfaithfulness, untrustworthy. You know, going out and have extramarital affairs and stuff like that. You know, so that's what fidelity is. And then bond. Oh man, that's a serious, that's a serious synonym word for commitment. That's a bond. I'm committed to you. I'm bonded with you. Right. Okay. And then uh, adherence. And then the word I really like is attentiveness. You know, in in um in first Peter three and seven, it says man needs a husband. No, you don't say man, it say husbands. It says husbands dwell with your wife with understanding. In other words, pay attention to her. Attentive, you know, because we will go off and forget them and we won't pay attention to them. It don't tell wives to pay attention to the husband because they pay close attention to us. They can tell us everything that we got going on, but we don't pay attention to them. We'll go off and leave them. And then God goes on to say, if you don't pay attention to them, then don't pray to me. <laughs> he said, that's how cold God is about that. He said, if you don't pay attention to your wife and, and give her honor, Realizing that she is a joint heir with you to the throne of grace, then don't don't pray don't pray to me. Your prayers will be hindered, and that's what he says in that scripture. So attentiveness is commitment. We have to make a commitment to to do to really do uh, three things that the scripture says about husbands. Husband said it says husbands love your wives. That's got to be a commitment. It says dwell with her with understanding. That's a commitment. And then the third thing it says, and don't be bitter towards her. Bitterness, resentment. Don't resent her and be bitter towards her. Now, he had to tell us to do that. Now, I can go on and tell you what he says about the wives. That's a different story. But we talk about the men. And some of the, some of the women who are on here might want to know what he says about the women. So I don't know if we have time for me to quickly say them. Yeah, you go know? for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. He, he said, it says wives submit to and respect your husbands. 
<laughs> okay. Submit to and respect. And so now what the, now they have a major issue about them words, you know, because they don't really understand what those words mean. Okay. So submitting to means that you that that you voluntarily come up under the authority. You ain't got to submit to nothing. That means you choose to do it because you want to do it because God says to do it because it says do it as to the Lord. So he's getting it not because of him. He's getting it because of the Lord. Okay. So you're submitting and then you're respecting. And so now the respect has to do with you respect the Lord. So now you have to respect him. Okay. And then it tells you how to do it because you may have an attitude about doing it because he ain't lining up with what the Lord is talking about doing. And so now he has a remedy for that. He says that if he ain't doing what God is telling him to do because Jesus is his head and, he, and just like he's your head and head means source. So, so, so Jesus is a source of man and the husband is the source of the woman because a woman came out of man. So that's the reason why he is her source, because he came out and, and we came out of Jesus because Jesus, God breathed into us, the Holy Spirit, the son. So we have that breathed into man. So so Jesus is our source. And so the husband is the source of the wife. So she's saying so. So the scripture says that if your husband is not paying attention to the word, paying attention to his head, if he's walking around headless and he not and he not really submitting to, to the Lord. Then the Bible goes on and says, without a word. Because, you know, because, see, a lot of times you're going to want to say something to him about you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. You ain't following Jesus. You ain't being a good husband. You ain't, you know, it, but but the Bible says, without a word. <laughs> you say, you can't say nothing. He says, instead of you saying something to him, I need to have you behave in a way that says something to me. Right. And the way that you behave that says something to me will now activate me on working on him on your behalf. And so what he says is that with a gentle, quiet spirit, show him your reverence for me. Because it says a gentle, quiet spirit is precious to God. So if you want to do something that's precious to God, then you behave towards him in that kind of manner. And as a result, he will go to work on your behalf. Now, once again, that's in first Peter. Three and verse one. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to it says, say it says wives likewise submit to your husbands that even if some do not obey the word. That's why I just talked about they without a word from you may be won over by your conduct. When you when they observe your your chaste conduct, meaning your reverence for God, and say, "Do not let your adornment be merely inward, outward, arranging your hair, wearing this kind of stuff, and everything else," but say, "But let it be the hidden person of the heart." It goes your word. Let it be the hidden person of the heart, with an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. Amen. Got to read that word. Got to take some time with it because I remember when you showed me that scripture, I was like, "That's in the book." Because <laughs> that likewise part that comes there, because likewise, I'm like, "Man, I thought you was off the hook." You know what I mean? Like, that's the, you thought it was just you got to do this, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no likewise, husband. That likewise, I'm like, "Oh, I got to do it too." And that's right there, just 
cut out a whole lot of earthly way of looking at commitment, looking at uh, our relationships and, um, you know, what we are instructed to do. Um, we're going to be wrapping up and okay. I want to I want to I want to be able to um, have you, you know, tell the people, you know, what what's coming up, because there's a great opportunity for those of you that live in the Portland metro area. Uh, there's an opportunity for for to serve. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, there there's always a lot of controversy about the homeless. And, you know, we don't know what their story is until you go down there and find out what their story is. You know, we just get the the, the images that we see and and then we have the disdain and and the contentment for, you know, especially if it's anywhere by a school or or, or you know, people uh, doing the panhandling out front in front of stores and everything else. And and so we don't know. I mean, you know, God says if we give, you know, we're giving to him. You know, so that changes our attitude if you if you realize that whoever you give to, you're giving it to the Lord because we want to evaluate who we give it to. You know, is this person legitimate? Are they not legitimate? Are they or do they really need the money? Do they not need the money? Are they scamming? You know, God say the scripture don't say for you to evaluate that. He say just give and you give it to me. And then you ain't got to worry about that. But in any event, we every year annually, we go with a group of men. And we have added boys, so it's been great. We have had boys because we want the young boys to see what serving is like. Because as a man, we are supposed to be a servant. We're supposed to serve our wives and let them see us serving so that now they become a servant. And then the kids deal with serving. And now we're serving everybody. We're serving the community. We're serving the church. We're serving. The greatest servant was Jesus. Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. So we're supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be serving people. But some people look down and frown on people who serve. You know, you go to the restaurant, they're serving you. You know, you got servants all over the place and people look down on serving. I ain't going to be, I'm not going to serve nobody. You know, people think that serving is beneath them. But the greatest servant is Jesus. And God said that Jesus will be elevated and exalted to the point where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord because of him being a servant. He was a servant when he was God. He made himself a no reputation. And how many people want to make themselves of some kind of reputation? Then he became a bond servant and he was obedient to go to the cross and die when he was God. <laughs> okay. So, so, you know, and I use this with husbands and wives too, because Jesus was equal to God and he served God and did what God said to do. Likewise, wives are equal to their husbands and they're supposed to submit to their husbands. Jesus submitted to God and he was equal to God. Wives submit to your husband while you're equal to your husband. Okay. So we go down on November the 17th or no, November 19th. That's a, that's a Sunday. And we meet together and we pray together and then we uh, divide up and then we walk out among downtown to provide to the homeless. We provide to the homeless as we interact with one another and as we interact with the homeless. You know, in other words, we, we demonstrate and love to them first. And then if we need to tell them some truth and share the word with them, fine. There are, there are some homeless people we run into who already know God and have a relationship with God and start talking to us about Jesus. And, you know, and that's always a powerful thing, you know. But the items that we like to all purchase first so that we can distribute, we know it's kind of during the cold season. And so we like to get beanies, you know, we get male and female beanies, but there'll be women out there also. We like to get scarves, you know, so we get scarves, 
You know, we like to have gloves. You know, everybody want to get gloves because, you know, hands get real cold. And then a great item that people really love are socks. Oh, we love socks. And it's funny about the women. The women don't be wanting no women's socks. They want the man's socks because they say the men's socks are, are a lot more powerful for them to be getting warm on. So we have the socks. So those are those are popular things. And then, you know, when those who have can afford to, we get blankets. We get blankets. We pass out blankets to go along with that. And then uh, we, we we also bring food sometimes. You know, some people go buy McDonald's or Burger King or someplace like that and grab a bag full of hamburgers and stuff like that. And we pass out burgers. They love burgers. You know, we had one of our men who had his truck, not a truck, but he had a um, um, a wagon. He had a wagon and he had made some some uh, uh, um, some sloppy joes. He had made some sloppy joes and had had the buns and stuff like that. And and boy, did he draw attention to everybody wanting to come get a sloppy joe, you know. And so and so we do that for an hour. We, we, we walk around and we bless them and and we're blessed, you know, because of, of doing it. And, and also the fellowship that we have with each other is great during that time period. And then uh, we come back and then uh, we, we talk about our experience and then we pray out and then we, and we go home. And so that's open to anybody who wants to come on November 7th, uh, November 19th. And we meet right there on the corner of uh, 2nd and Burnside. And uh, and then we pray and and uh, then we go out and we distribute everything. And so if you want to be a part of that and you and you can go out and buy some gloves and some scarves and some beanies and, and socks, you know, and if you and if you can afford it, get some, um, you know, some blankets. You know, they they definitely will be grateful when you come down there and you pass those things out. And so we've been doing this for several years right now, and we love the boys to come along with us so that they can see what men do when we're serving. Amen, amen. I um, I appreciate that. I'm I'm excited. Um, November nineteenth. Uh, save the date already, and just come on down. Bottle water, simple things. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And then whatever's on your heart, because I know in my process. Uh, God will speak to you. He'll tell you what you need to bring. So he gave Amen. you, some, he gave you some Amen. ideas, but God Amen. will tell you what to bring and, and, um, and just be obedient to that. But I, I, I don't challenge you by me, but just your own heart. Why not come out? You know, why not give if you can give and, um, and the fellowship is great. And like brother Dixon said, um, these are these are people all here too that that love God and and, and a lot of times sometimes they know God's word better than <laughs> you, do, you know what I mean because you'd be surprised you don't know how they got there and so we ought to judge we just out there to just love on them and so come on out and do that um, so we're gonna be getting out of here soon I wanted just to let you guys know again Mid of Encouragement podcast we can we can be found on um, Instagram so please follow us on Instagram at men underscore of encouragement. Um, we can also you can also be able to watch the show re- on replay um, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we're there. And then on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, you know, make sure you're following us, making sure because if you are following us, it'll give you a notification after the show um, is available to your to your uh, Android or to your iPhone. Um, and so that's how you get with us. We are we are the Minute of Encouragement podcast. I just wanted to. You know, say commitment. Um, you know, today's topic was commitment issues, and I want to say that God is committed <laughs> to you. He is committed to you, and um, you know, no matter where you find yourself, 
Do not allow yourself to believe anything else other than the fact that God is committed to you. And this relationship that we talked about today, um, like treat it like treat it like the like the most the biggest love, the ultimate love that you can even think of, imagine, and know that um, God loves you even more. You know, make this a priority um, in your life. And I believe that um, you know we're looking. God is looking for us men to be serving Him. Right? We talked about loving God and, and God returning to you in your life and what you request, but God is looking for us to serve. And so the question is, is, you know, do you have a commitment issue with serving God? Right. We talked about trusting him, but do you have a commitment of serving him? All of it is one and the same. Yeah. All yeah. of it is one and all of it is one and the same. And so where are you falling? Where are you at? You know, do an assessment, pray, listen to God and just asking the father, like, where, where am I at with, with you? in this relationship. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, couples will do that. They'll have a date night, you know, have a date night with the Lord, you know, have a date night with the Lord and just see how we do it, checking in with them, you know, and see if there's a little bit more that more commitment that you can, you know, that you can, um, you know, you can give to the Lord, but know that he's, he's committed to us <laughs> and to your family and, and to you to be well and for, and for him to be glorified um, in you and through you. Any last words, Brother Dixon? Uh, you remember I said believers don't be believing, you know. So, you know, we, we got to work on our believing, you know, because, you know, it's very difficult to believe when you don't see, you know, and that's a challenge. That's why we have to walk by faith and not by sight because we want to walk by sight. And when we want to walk by sight, that's the devil's job. Now the devil got you because he'll let you see a whole lot. He'll let you see so much stuff that, you know, you'll he'll blow your mind with what you see. You know, that's why sight is so dangerous. You know, that's why men are subjected to pornography and every kind of stuff, you know, because we are subjected to sight. We want to see. We want to see. We have pop up apps. We have all kind of stuff that pop up all over the place, you know, for us to see and distract us from God. And we be peeping. We be looking and we be on all kind of stuff that uh, draw us away. And so we have to resist. That's why the Bible tells us to resist. And notice he tells us to resist. We can't be telling God to help me resist when he told us to, to resist. And he told us how to resist. He says, submit to me and then you can resist. Amen. Amen. Well, again, um, we are the Men of Encouragement podcast. Our prayer, our hope is that you were encouraged. Amen. Amen. We hope that you were encouraged. And we hope that as this podcast comes to an end, that we draw in closer to God to commit ourselves even more and we want to just tell you that we love you god loves you and we look forward to seeing you guys and, and meeting with you guys again so peace amen